Georgia is possibly headed to a double Senate runoff election in January. Johnny Depp was dropped from the Fantastic Beasts franchise. And we've got State Senator-elect Sarah McBride talking about her big win in Delaware. The date, November 6, 2020. The time, News O'Clock. Hey, friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Zach Stafford. Welcome to BuzzFeed's News O'Clock. So not that anyone asked me about it, but I'm going to update on The Bachelorette just because the best part was being on Twitter. And it was actually just a ton of jokes about Nevada and the votes not coming in. <laughs> but basically that Claire was able to find a husband before Nevada was able to call the vote. <laughs> um, I mean, I didn't even watch the show and I saw that joke. I was like, yeah, what? what's up with Claire? How does Claire have a man and we don't have a president? This is upsetting you know what? for everyone. I'm not, I'm not going to go uh, too far into that one because it's an absolutely wild season. But uh, let me tell you, my anxiety has never been higher between switching between The Bachelorette and CNN. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is this the COVID uh, edition? It is. Like, are they all in pandemic? Yes. Oh, they, wow. They're actually, you're in Palm Springs right now, and so were they. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, funny news I'm actually in the Bachelorette next episode. That's why I'm here, everybody. I am the new Bachelorette. Which, could you imagine? Oh, my God. And my, and my bachelor's going to be Steve Kanaki. Oh, my gosh. Yes. The, I mean, that would be my yes. favorite season, hands down. <laughs> I mean, 100% gay interracial love on national television. We love to see it. (laughs) All right, Zach, it's time for today's top stories. What have you got for us? Okay, so we maybe finally are going to get a winner in the presidential election, maybe? Good morning. We are coming on the air with breaking news now in this election of 2020. Joe Biden has pulled ahead of Donald Trump in the state of Pennsylvania, the critical state of Pennsylvania. You see it right there right now. After days of counting, he now leads Donald Trump in the state of Pennsylvania by 20, by 6,000 votes, 20 electoral votes at stake. If you look at the entire map right now, Joe Biden is now leading in enough states to give him more than the 270 electoral votes he needs to be the next president of the United States. We are not ready to project all those states yet, but those are states where Joe Biden now has the lead. Biden is not only ahead in Pennsylvania, he's also flipped Georgia, where he's holding on to a 1,000-vote lead. As of this recording, Biden still only has 253 electoral votes projected, but he currently has the lead in every outstanding state except North Carolina and Alaska. And speaking of President Donald Trump, he held a press conference last night filled with falsehoods as states started to turn blue thanks to mail-in and absentee ballots. It's his first appearance in a few days, but listen to the reaction of the MSNBC newsroom when they can sense where this is going. If you count the illegal votes, they can try to steal the election from us. If you count the votes that came in late, we're looking at them very strongly, but a lot of votes came in late. I've already decisively won many critical states, including massive victories in Florida, Iowa, Indiana, Ohio. Okay, here we are again in the unusual position of not only interrupting the president of the United States, but correcting the president of the United States. And Ari Melber, don't go far. Uh, Given that you are our chief legal correspondent, there are no illegal votes that we know of. There has been no Trump victory that we know of. In fact, almost every major news network cut away at some point to fact check or point out false statements. And the New York Times even used the word lie on its website for a headline about the press conference. It wasn't just news networks and papers that called out the press conference. Even Chris Christie, who worked with President Trump, couldn't get behind what he was saying. 
Listen, I, you know, as a, a talk tonight now, not as a former governor, but as a former U.S. attorney, um, there's just no basis to make that argument tonight. And finally, we mentioned Georgia earlier, and it looks like the state could be headed for two runoff elections when it comes to their Senate seats. We already knew that this race, the one between Leffler and Warnock, was going to um, a, a runoff. They had almost 19 people on the ballot, so that was pretty inevitable. But this one is the one that we have been following very closely, and it looks like um, the current incumbent, David Perdue, has fallen just below 50%. In fact, let me update this for you. At last check, this was 49.87%, and Ossoff was at 47 0.82%. That's about two percentage points between them. And I just crunched the numbers. It looks like they're about 98,000 votes apart. So as those vote totals keep coming in, that, that margin again keeps narrowing. And it looks like these two could be headed for a runoff in January. We'll keep following it. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention that leading up to this election, Stacey Abrams, who narrowly lost her race for the governorship just two years ago, registered 800,000 new voters in Georgia to get the state to this point. These two seats could determine the balance of the Senate. So if you live in Georgia, those runoffs would both take place in January, and there's still time to register to vote if you haven't yet. Wow, Stacey Abrams, she is really, I guess, the um, the angel of 2020 election with all this work. She is along with black women. I mean, we're all we're all looking at those exit polls and 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 just seeing how much effort black women put into this race. I think it's just so important that we value and praise them, not only when it benefits white people. You know, they've been doing this for so long because they faced when she narrowly lost that race, she was facing wild voter suppression in Georgia. And now they've come back from that registered almost a million new voters. I mean, that's it's 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 crazy. It's wild. It's incredible. And I think what I've taken away from all of this is that, you know, when we're told as kids that your vote matters, every vote matters. And we, for many years, I think, believe that that was a lie. We are seeing today that that is so, so critical and crucial to every election. And what's even more critical and crucial is that people have access to register to vote. And that's what Stacey Abrams has really shown us when she lost. She said, you know what, girls, I may have lost this governorship, but I will come back. Wink, wink. But in the meantime, I'm going to make sure people have access. And we're now seeing the payoff there. So thank you, Stacey Abrams, for your work. And she's also like, and in the meantime, I'm going to write a romance novel and maybe a thriller. What? I just found out about that. How does she have the time? I mean, we always talk about there's only so many hours in the day that Beyonce has and like we should do more work. But no, Stacey Abrams, she's like saving democracy and writing thrillers like God. <laughs> All right, Casey, what do we have in the world of entertainment heading into the weekend? Well, I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid off and start with some kind of harsh news. Al Roker has been diagnosed with prostate cancer. He made the announcement this morning on the Today Show. We are happy to all be here together and um, spread some love and, and wrap our arms around our friend Al. Because mm -hmm. I know you have some news you want to share this morning with everybody. I, I do. After a routine uh, checkup in September, uh, turns out I have prostate cancer. Uh, and it's uh, a good news, bad news kind of thing. And good news is we caught it early. Uh, not great news is that it's a little aggressive. So I'm going to be taking some time off to take care of this. Uh, and and uh, it's one of those things that it, it's it's a little more common than than people, I think, realize. Al, being the journalist that he is, shared his journey on the show and used the moment as an opportunity to urge men to get checked, especially black men who are more likely to die from prostate cancer than white men. 
Moving on, Johnny Depp revealed that he has been fired from his role as Grindelwald in the Fantastic Beasts franchise. This comes shortly after he lost a libel case against a UK newspaper who alleged he was a, quote, wife beater. Depp made the announcement via an Instagram post writing that he respected Warner Brothers' decision to ask him to step down, and he thanked the people that had supported him throughout his career, but vowed to keep fighting the court's decision. Writing, quote, Finally, I wish to say this, the surreal judgment of the court in the UK will not change my fight to tell the truth, and I confirm that I plan to appeal. My resolve remains strong, and I intend to prove that the allegations against me are false. My life and career will not be defined by this moment in time. Wow. I feel like this Johnny Depp case in Saga has been going on forever, maybe longer than this election cycle. So do you think this is kind of like a last straw? Will we be seeing less of the story now that he's stepping away? You know what? I don't know. He is saying that he's confirming to appeal. I don't want to get into the weeds too much, but there are a lot of allegations in this case. Not all that I think have been presented in court yet. So there's definitely more to see, but I don't know. You know, I don't know how public it's going to be or he's going to make it be. Um, But what I will say is that I do not care for these movies and it feels like a good time to just shut it all down. (laughs) Just let it go. Let it go. Because isn't this uh, J.K. Rowling connected? Oh, yes. Right. You know, our the the biggest turf out of the UK right now, who's anti-trans, anti-LGBT rights. Yeah. Let's pull the plug. Let's move on. One, I saw one of the movies on a plane. Didn't care for it. I'm a major Harry Potter fan, but nope, I don't. I am of the view that we do not need to be sending more money her way if she's going to keep saying the things she's doing, endangering trans people's lives. Exactly. Look, a trend here. De-platform liars and people that do violent things through their words. Okay. And finally, to the last story, because I don't want to keep us all majorly depressed. Um, It's Friday and it's been a long, long week. So I bring you this story about Leslie Jones, who, like the rest of us, has been watching election coverage nonstop and apparently shares our affection for MSNBC's Steve Chaos Kornacki. Okay. I know this guy's name, Steve Kornacki. I know I'm saying it wrong, but I like this guy. This is how I like my reporters to look. Disshuffled and concerned. I love this dude. He ain't got no jacket on. He don't give a fuck about his tie. He got on, I don't even know what kind of pants him in. I think them is like Gap. He don't give a fuck. All he give a fuck is, I'm finna tell you these numbers. Oh, it gets better every time. But I really agree with her. There's So I was telling some people who were like, oh, I like watching John King because it's more calming, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I love to see this frazzled kinetic energy that's happening because it makes me feel like I'm calmer than him. Yeah. Yeah. It brings like levity and reality to the situation. I think it drives viewers crazy when they're like, how is this person so calm as the the world is falling apart? But when Steve is like, girl, this is a wild. I don't know what's happening. This is changing. We're like, yes, we feel seen. This is accessible. And uh, yeah. He literally has a crumpled piece of paper in his hands, like at all times. And I'm just like, what are your notes? I want to see them. <laughs> Okay, so I have two favorite moments from Twitter last night with Steve uh, Karnacki. One was him getting home and then deciding, <laughs> let's sleep. I'm going to get out of bed and go back to the studio. And somehow we all fell asleep watching him, but we all woke up and he was still there. So that that chaos is what I subscribe to. I love it. Sleep deprivation. 
to our dear colleague, David Mack, over on the news desk, who's a deputy director of breaking news at BuzzFeed News. Um, he tweeted that he was jokingly married to Steve Kornacki, and it's become its own thing on Twitter <laughs> to where there's articles fact-checking that David Mack is not married to Steve Kornacki. I, I love that this has become a Twitter moment, just because everyone's so obsessed with Kornacki, and they do want to know. They're like, who's he married to? And now everyone thinks it's David Mack, and you know what? Can't wait to go to the wedding. <laughs> And I, right, same. And I will say this I've known David for a while. We both know David for a while. Steve would be, you know, honored to have <laughs> David Mack as his partner. David Mack is a wonderful journalist, very handsome from Australia. Like, this is something we ship these two things. I do believe David does have a real partner who may not agree to this, but hey, we'll let them all battle it out on Twitter, Kardashian style. We do not care. <laughs> I love this for all of us. <laughs> All right. So when we come back, we've got Delaware State Senator-elect Sarah McBride. Stay right there. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support support you're not getting from your current sports bra it's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market it's time to feel real support from SheFit. save ten dollars today at shefit.com slash 2022 hi i'm robert lamb and i'm joe mccormick and we're the hosts of the science podcast stuff to blow your mind where every week we get to explore some of the weirdest questions in the universe Like, if sci-fi teleportation was possible, how would it square with the multitudes of organisms that inhabit our human bodies? Can we find evidence of emotions in animals like bees, ants, and crayfish? How would an interplanetary civilization function? Does free will exist? Stuff to Blow Your Mind examines neurological quandaries, cosmic mysteries, evolutionary marvels, and the wonders of techno-history. Basically, this show is the altar where we worship the weirdness of reality. If anybody ever told you you ask the weirdest questions it is time to come join us in the place where you belong the stuff to blow your mind podcast new episodes publish every tuesday and thursday with bonus episodes on saturdays listen to stuff to blow your mind on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts raffi is the voice of some of the happiest songs of our generation baby beluga so who is the man behind baby beluga Every human being wants to feel respected. When we start with young children, all good things can grow from there. I'm Chris Garcia, comedian, new dad, and host of Finding Raffi, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Fatherly. Listen every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. There's been a lot of ugly stuff that has come out during this election, which is why we want to focus on some of the really good stuff right now. While we didn't get a presidential winner Tuesday night, we did get important wins in local elections, especially for the LGBTQ plus community. We are joined now by Sarah McBride, the state senator elect in Delaware and the first ever trans state senator elected. Good afternoon, Sarah. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for making time and uh, your already busy schedule, but one that's going to get a lot busier now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we have to start with how you spent your election day. Who are you with and how did you react to your win? 
Well, I spent most of election day uh, traveling around the first Senate district, visiting different polling locations, greeting voters, thanking them for voting. It's my first general election as a candidate. I was very nervous, but I, after the polls closed, I was uh, driving to our celebration, what we were hoping would be our celebration, and refreshing the Department of Elections page. And within about 15 minutes of the polls closing, they updated that page with the absentee vote, which was about 30 to 40 percent of the vote. And in my race, that came up as uh, we had won 86 percent of the absentee vote. And so at that point, I felt very good, uh, even without any of the same day vote, uh, about what we would be seeing that evening. And literally, almost perfectly within about 30 seconds of seeing that and letting out a little bit of a scream, my phone rang and it was Danica Rome who was also refreshing the page. And she, she, I picked up and she called me what she called me in the primary, which is Slayer McBride. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it was perfectly fitting that my first conversation and my first uh, message was from Danica Rome, who blazed mm-hmm. the trails for candidates like me and whose candidacy and victory in 2017 inspired us to, to run and to know that our voices matter and we can have a seat at the table. Mm. You posted your election night speech on Twitter. We want to play a little bit of that here. My fervent hope that tonight a, a young person here in Delaware or in North Carolina or in Texas or anywhere in this country, that they're able to go to see, sleep this night with a powerful but simple message that our democracy is big enough for them too, that their voices matter. And that change is always possible. And that message has been sent by the last group of people who I want to thank. What was going through your mind here? The first thing that was going through my mind was just gratitude. Gratitude to the voters of the first Senate district who've entrusted in me the responsibility of representing them. Gratitude to the supporters, volunteers, and neighbors who were gathered around me in that moment, who had been with me throughout this journey, spending their time and putting their energy into our campaign. Gratitude for the opportunity to serve. I was also, just before that comment, I had mentioned my late husband, Andy Cray, um, a transgender man who passed away from cancer in 2014. And what I said is that I'm thinking about Andy and all of the LGBTQ people who didn't live long enough to see a day like Tuesday. And Andy was on my mind. One of the the last conversations he and I had during his battle with cancer before he passed away was a conversation about how he wouldn't be around to tell me that he loved me and that he was proud of me. And almost perfectly and tragically because that conversation was unlike any conversation I've ever had. It's seared into my memory. And because of that, I can still hear him clear as if it was yesterday say, I love you and I'm proud of you. 
Mm, Sarah, that's really incredible and powerful that you share that your own personal story, you know, as a trans woman, as a person in a queer relationship. And that's something I really want to bring up here today is that your win is part of an ongoing wave that we're seeing for LGBTQ folks around the country winning their elections um, and not just in major cities in red states like Tennessee, as we saw this week. So why do you think that is? Why is it that America is showing up in a big way for LGBTQ folks like yourself in elections? I think there are a couple reasons. One, I think that voters are looking for authenticity. And I think that they see in LGBTQ candidates an authenticity, a willingness to be truthful, a willingness to be honest, and a willingness to take risks, to to put things into perspective and, and recognize that there are some things that are worth potentially putting at risk your career. I think as we have a rising generation of voters, younger voters who are the most diverse generation of Americans in our history, they want to see more diversity in government because they recognize that government can't craft solutions for a diverse community if the full diversity of that community is not reflected and represented at the table. But I think more than that, I think the victories we're seeing in in places like Wilmington and Claymont, Delaware, Virginia, Kansas, and other other states and cities across the country is the byproduct of generations of LGBTQ people and advocates and activists who have fought for, who have marched for, who have opened up for the full diversity of LGBTQ people who've helped to change hearts and open minds along the way and who've laid the foundation for trans candidates to go before the public and to be judged fairly. And so Tuesday's result in this district would not have been possible without the decades of work that mm-hmm. came before it, without the, the the hearts and minds that had been changed, the public education that had occurred, the trans people in all different kinds of fields and sectors who showed people very clearly what, you know, from Danica Rome to Laverne Cox to Andrea Jenkins, that trans people bring our transness to the table, but we also bring a lot more than that to the table. We bring life experience. We bring compassion. We bring so much to those conversations. And I think it's a a reflection of the fair-mindedness of voters. You know, what I was saying in 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 that remark that you shared, in those remarks that you shared, Um, about the last group of people that I wanted to thank, which were the voters of this district. Because at the end of the day, the message that was sent to LGBTQ young people was not sent by me. It was sent by the voters of this state. Well, thank you for bringing all of yourself to the table. Um, Congratulatory messages must be pouring in for you. Which ones have meant the most? I think the, without question, the congratulatory messages that have meant the most are the message is one that obviously are coming from my neighbors and the constituents of the first Senate district, people who are excited and ready to get to work. Of course, the messages that, that have come in from trans young people and the parents of trans young people is, is deeply moving. But to know that there is something accomplished other than a win with the election result, that accomplishment being a message of, of hope and comfort, helps to one drive your energy as you're going through it but also you know look back and and know that no matter what comes we were already able to do something that for a young person as I know it would have been for me could be life affirming life changing and and in a few cases maybe even life saving the change that I've witnessed the change that I've had the privilege to be a part of alongside 
LGBTQ people here in Delaware and across the country. Reminds me that politics at its best is not the art of the possible, but the art in the long course of history, the art of transforming impossibility into possibility into reality, and that we've done it before, Mm. which means we can do it again. Mm. Well, something you just mentioned is that the real work begins after an election. And while your election is done, you are the state editor-elect. There is one big election that is still in play today, and we will know more soon, and that is uh, Vice President Biden's. And you've had a close relationship with the Bidens over the years. You know, you work with Bo, and Joe Biden wrote the foreword to your book. So what does it mean to be possibly sharing in this election celebration this weekend uh, between Vice President Biden and yourself? I don't think people who li- who don't live in Delaware can understand just how excited Exciting it is to have Joe Biden at the top of the ticket. The saying in Delaware is everyone's dated, mated, or related. Um, and in <laughs> and in Joe Biden's book, all of Delaware is related to him. We're all Bidens, and you know, to have someone who's you know essentially your next door neighbor be elected president of the United States is is really exciting for us here in Delaware because we've seen him up close. We know his kindness, his decency. We've seen his big heart. We know how much he genuinely cares about other families and other communities and the communities he's a part of. Because throughout his life, it's been the communities here in Delaware that have helped support him and sustain him through hardship and tragedy. Um, And so I'm excited, but I'm also thrilled that he and hopefully soon Vice President-elect Kamala Harris will bring with them the most diverse administration, I, I believe, in history and the most pro-equality administration in history. And so I am, I am relieved, as I think many people are, that things are looking good for him. Um, and I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that we can see meaningful change by the Biden-Harris administration Mm. I'm glad you bring up hard times because that was exactly where I wanted to go next with you. And, you know, you and Joe Biden have both overcome incredible losses during both of your political journeys. Biden's lost his wife and son. uh, And you, as you mentioned already, you lost your partner, Andy, a few years ago. So, you know, America is going through a lot of loss right now due to the COVID-19 crisis. So as someone that has still pushed through so much loss, has still fought for hope through all losing so many people you love, what advice you have for Americans right now who are facing similar challenges that you've seen in your life? That is a a really wonderful question. And it's one I think about a lot because for me, the most formative experience in my life was my relationship with Andy and the experience being his caregiver and, and walking alongside him to his passing. And the lesson I learned from that moment is a lesson that my brother told me. And in that final month of Andy's life, when we found out that it would be terminal, my brother said to me that I should look around me and take stock in the acts of amazing grace that would fill my life. And that grace, that kindness, that beauty was truly everywhere from our family and friends organizing a wedding for Andy and I in just five days so that we could marry before he passed away to Andy surviving long enough to make it to the rooftop of our apartment building. And what that experience really reinforced for me is that all of us, even in the most difficult times, can bear witness to acts of amazing grace. And I think we're seeing that across the country right now, individual acts of service and sacrifice. I call Delaware a state of neighbors, and I'm, I'm a big firm believer in the politics of Mr. Rogers. And one of his famous quotes is about how when he was a young kid and he saw something scary on the news, his mother would tell him to look for the helpers. And we are seeing the helpers. We're seeing that amazing grace. And we are reminded that Hope as an emotion, hope as a phenomenon, 
only makes sense. It only makes sense in the face of hardship. And so it's between that amazing grace and unending hope that we have persevered. We have seen the beauty of humanity, the goodness of people. And if we meet that individual sacrifice and service, if we channel that grace and that hope, I believe that we can make sure that we do what we've done throughout history, which is to take our biggest steps forward in our most significant challenges. Mm. So finally, looking ahead, what are some policies you're going to push for in the coming term? So from the start of this campaign, I have said that I want to be a healthcare senator and a paid leave senator. That has only been reinforced by the global pandemic that we are experiencing. We know, and this is something I, I really learned, not just through my experience as a caregiver to Andy, but my experience being Andy's uh, partner, that healthcare is the first right. If you cannot live, you can't thrive. You can't access the other rights that we cherish. I'm focused on making sure that more Delawareans can get the healthcare that they need and that as we've seen with COVID, no one should have to give up their income in the face of illness, which is one of the reasons why I'm such a strong champion of universal paid family and medical leave. And whether it's COVID or cancer, I believe that principle should not just be believed by all, but enshrined into law and that we put our policy and our laws where our values are and support people when they hit hard times. Well, Sarah, I know you have lots to do today, so we're going to let you go for now. But thank you so, so much for joining us today. And congratulations again on such a historic moment for yourself and also the LGBTQ community. Thanks for having me on. That's it for today. Join us on Monday when we talk to Chandra Wilson about Grey's Anatomy's new COVID-centric season. And remember, Steve Kranacki is seemingly still single, so shoot your shots. News O'Clock is produced by Dan Bauza, Alan Haberchak, Julia Karen, and Erica Nedanine. Special thanks to Tracy Ayers, Mangesh Hatikader, Samantha Hennick, and Tommy Wesley. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. Mama, what does the chicken say? Uh, dog. Cat. Giraffe. Giraffe, really? Giraffe. Uh, giraffe. You're not going to get it all right. Just make sure you nail the big stuff, like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right. Visit NHTSA.gov. Slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Look through your children's eyes, and you will discover the true magic of a forest. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. The NFL is back, and the NFL app has you covered. So get ready for football all season long and just tap into the NFL app. NFL, baby, let's make it happen. Just tap in to watch your local and primetime games all season. Now through Super Bowl 56. For the end zone, touchdown! Get up-to-the-minute news, videos, highlights, stats, and more on all your favorite teams and rookies to watch. Welcome to the NFL! Download to your mobile device today at nfl.com slash mobile or in your app store. Certain restrictions and data rates may apply.